Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast, Empowering Female Leaders, for women who want to thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders. I am pleased to welcome today Joy Ajaluni, businesswoman, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur and advisor. Joy has built a reputation for her success in startups and ventures worldwide, all the while disrupting the status quo of women in business. Belonging to the top 1% of female entrepreneurs, Joy co-founded Fetcher in 2015, the Silicon Valley-backed tech company that was created to tackle the Middle East's no-address issue which has been long been a hindrance to growth in emerging markets. Having raised over 72 million in investment, the company now successfully operates in five countries with a 4,500 person staff and was dubbed the number one startup in the Middle East by Forbes. In 2019, Joy demonstrated that she was beholden to nobody when she resigned from her position at Fetcher with plans to launch her third Silicon Valley backed company later this year. With less than 3% of venture capital funding raised by women, Joy has successfully raised multiple rounds of funding for her two startups, acquiring investments from prestigious Silicon Valley venture capital firms. As a self-made woman in the industry, Joy is passionate about encouraging and investing knowledge into the young women of tomorrow. Joy, I'm very pleased to have you in my podcast today. Wow, what a great introduction. I'm like, are we talking about me? Thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks for that amazing introduction. Do you want to add a few words about yourself? Um, just that the raise was not 72 million. It was 100. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, we're going we're gonna to up the ante. It's $100 million in funding. And also that put me on this really beautiful list of top female founders of the world. So I am on the map with my face, which is probably one of the biggest honors for having raised more money than any woman in the Middle East. So I'm very proud of that. Very proud of that. And I'm looking forward to the day where somebody raises more money because it's time, it's time for me to hand that plaque to someone else. Maybe someone in your audience today, right? One of these incredible women who are listening, right? It's time to hand over that baton. Yeah, exactly. You have big plans and you might have also big doubts about how they can realize these plans. You have realized a lot in your life. It's, it's pretty impressive. And I guess when you started off, you did not know that, obviously. You couldn't look into the future and see a, a bright future that was easygoing. And certainly it wasn't. What was the story behind? How did you come into this area? How did you come to having these really great ambitions? Well, it's interesting. I, you know, I've never been married. I never had any children, but I was engaged to a gentleman and we dated and he was a very successful man and very financially secure. And I remember going through the relationship where I didn't feel good enough to be with him. And it wasn't his fault. It was mine. And I just, you know, I started feeling like I wasn't bringing anything to the relationship, that I was just in a situation where I was like hanging my hat and my success on being married to a successful guy. 
And I was like, well, I'm marrying the successful guy. You know, I did it. And what was happening is that I started feeling insecure because the success was not mine. It was his. And then what was happening is I started feeling bad about myself. And something really interesting I learned, when you don't feel great about yourself, the person you're with doesn't feel good about you either because it's an energy that you admit. And the relationship ended. And when it ended, I realized that I needed to hang my hat on my own accomplishments. I needed to get my self-worth from what I accomplished, not on who I married. And being of a Middle Eastern woman, and there are a lot of traditional cultures out there, whether they're Indian or Pakistani or British or Swiss or whatever the nationality is, a lot of women have these goals of finding a husband and a successful one and having children. And I realized at that moment that in order for me to feel good about myself, I needed to set goals for myself and accomplish them because my self-worth needed to come from me and not who I was marrying. So I hit a really, really, really hard low. I, I broke an engagement. So I decided at that moment and I hit a really bad depression where I didn't feel good enough or I didn't feel smart enough and I didn't feel accomplished enough where I was like, you've got to do something, Joy. And I came to the realization at that moment and it was, it was very tough. I mean, I went through a severe depression and I came to the realization that nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. And that wasn't my quote, that was Eleanor Roosevelt. And that was a, a pivoting moment for me where I was like, okay, you know what? You can either live or you can die. And I realized in that moment that when you change your thoughts, you change your reality. So I stopped thinking that I wasn't thin enough, pretty enough, smart enough. I stopped thinking the word enough. And I started changing my thoughts and something really miraculous happened. And it, it's not hocus pocus. It's not philosophy. It's actually physics. It's the law of attraction. It's energy. I started thinking, well, I can do anything I want to do if I set my mind to it. And instead of thinking I can't, why can't I think I can? And really something miraculous happened. Changing my thoughts changed my reality because I woke up every morning thinking what I can do rather than what I can't do. And then it started becoming a reality. And I thought to myself, what do I want to do? What am I passionate about? And I tell all these women, you don't need to raise a hundred million dollars. You need to set goals for yourself and you need to accomplish them, whatever they are, even if they're small. And that's what builds self-esteem. That's what makes you feel amazing about yourself. You know, not what the scale says, not what somebody else says, but what you think in your own mind. And controlling your thoughts really controls your life and your reality. And it's really amazing how that works. I giggle because I think that is a superpower, but everybody has that availability to do that, you know? So that's a little bit about me. I'm the underdog. I'm nobody special. I don't have a PhD from Harvard. I don't have an MBA. I didn't go to an Ivy League school. I have an undergraduate degree. I wasn't a straight A student, but none of that matters. What matters is the sheer will and determination to make something happen. And that's all in your brain.
it really is in your brain. And actually, if you look at all the Silicon Valley success stories, you will find that all these guys are dropouts. The majority of people are dropouts. You know, you don't need the validation of the paperwork. You need the validation from yourself. So that, that's a little bit about me. I'm nobody special. I'm just somebody who decided to believe in myself. And that's really the magic. That's a wonderful message. I love it. We could even start podcast right away because that is the <laughs> message as such. <laughs> I mean, But it's authentic. It's authentic. Yeah. You know, it's, it's real. One can feel it. And I think this is the power behind that because people read a lot of books about this, about the law of attraction and wonder how, how can that work? Will it work? And by having all these thoughts, will it work? Obviously it doesn't because as you say, it's all in your head. You have to allow for things to happen. It, it really is in your head. It really is. You know, it's amazing if you just put in your mind, I can, instead of I can't and just watch what happens. And the other message I tell these young girls that are listening today is that everybody thinks it's easy, right? They see all the success stories. They don't understand that a lot of rejection went into those success stories. I cannot tell you how many people told me no. And actually, I would love to sell the t-shirt that I have, which is, what is this no, what is this word no you speak of? <laughs> Because You really have to have that in your mind. Like, who cares if someone rejects you? I feel sorry for this generation of women because they're so obsessed with what everyone thinks that they don't focus on what they think of themselves. And that's the only damn thing that matters. Instagram, how many likes I get? How many people viewed my post? Did I Photoshop myself? Who cares? None of that brings any value to you. So if all your listeners just put in their mind that not giving a damn is a superpower, go out there and bang down every door and be punched in the face. And you're going to get punched in the face. I had a hundred doors tell me no before I had the hundred and one tell me yes. Right? How did you manage that rejection? Because that is hard. Oh, no. It's a train of thought. I don't care. If you don't care what someone thinks of you, then you are the most powerful woman in the room. Because then you're like Teflon, nothing sticks. If I go to an investor and they tell me, oh my God, your idea is terrible. I don't sit there, go back and second guess myself. I listen and I take down some notes and I, okay, thank you. But I go back stronger. I don't sit there and be like, oh my God, my idea is terrible. It's never going to work. Oh my, you know, that's again, your thought process. You have to be like, okay, I took their feedback. Great. He said, no, someone's going to say yes. I remember when I got my first investment, they literally said to me, I've told you no, like five times. <laughs> and I remember I said, I know, but I believe in it. And I want to come back because I think that, you know, I made some changes. I want to hear what you think. And they literally said to me, okay, if you can come back that many times after I slammed the door in your face, you're an entrepreneur. And that's what I say to all you women out there. Maybe you're not an entrepreneur. If you are somebody who's affected by the word no, if you're somebody that takes rejection personally, then you got no business being an entrepreneur. 
Because being an entrepreneur and raising money for an idea that you're passionate about is about rejection. What do you think? You're going to knock on the first door and they're going to be like, oh my God, I love the idea. Here's, here's millions of dollars. No, everyone's going to tell you no, even if you have a cure for cancer. It's just the nature of the business. So my advice to these young girls is you've got to grow a thick skin. And that's got to be from your head. That's got to be from you. That's where it all comes from, because finally we start our life inside. It's like the blueprint of our thoughts and it's nothing else at the end. So whatever we think will happen. And many times we are not even aware of what we think about ourselves and about our future. If you don't oh. listen to it, are you permanently aware of listening to what's happening? Well, I guess now it's just your natural way of being, but was that always like that? No, I hit rock bottom. Like I said earlier, I was engaged to a big Silicon Valley insider and I didn't accomplish anything except marrying him and I had a college degree and I thought that was enough. So no, I, I didn't come from this place. I grew into this place and, and I grew into it because I made a choice. Life is about choices. You have to choose to change the way you think about yourself. That's a choice. Just like when women go on diets, they go, how did you lose all that weight? It's very, very simple. You chose, you had a choice and you chose. So this is in your head. Your life is in your hands. And you choosing to go forward and change your thought process is a deliberate choice. And nobody can do that for you but you. Do you ever have moments of weaknesses where you doubt about yourself? No. <laughs> I used to. <laughs> I used to. But that doesn't get me anywhere. I've trained my mind to change my thoughts. Change your thoughts, change your reality. So no, I don't. I refuse to wake up thinking negatively. Life is short. And what I've realized is 90% of making things happen is just showing up. I never say no. Somebody will say to me, there's an event for fundraising. Well, I don't need fundraising. But you never know who you meet. Every door opens another door. So just show up. Don't care that your hair is blow dried and you don't have the right outfit. Just show up. It's your energy that's going to change things, not what you look like. It's how you present yourself. It's what you think of yourself. It's how articulate you are. It's about presenting your ideas. That's what's going to make a difference. So just show up. Get out of bed, put your clothes on and show up. Right? There's a little bit of not being lazy. <laughs> that, that makes a difference here too, right? Sitting in front of a computer is great. But showing up and knocking on doors and presenting your idea in person is always better because people are going to buy you. They're not going to buy a piece of paper or a deck that you're sending. Because let's face it, all these companies and all these women who have all these ideas, you're not making any money. It's an idea, right? And there are tons of great ideas, but there are not tons of you. So you are the one who's going to sell the idea. Like I said, even if you have a cure for cancer, it's going to be your energy, your voice, your tone, you going there, your determination. An investor is going to see that and be like, that's the kind of person I want to invest in. So just don't send out a bunch of emails. Show up. There is this distinction between subjective and objective credibility. And I think what you're talking about is this 
subjective credibility? Because many people think, I know I have a lot of clients as well, who think they need another degree, another qualification. And what he said earlier on is, and it's true, so many extremely successful people, especially in Silicon Valley, are dropouts. They, they have good oh, yeah. or whatever. And it's just coming from their own perception of themselves, of their ideas, the way how they present it. It's really a subjective credibility because people feel the energy. And this is so often underestimated because it's so much easier to prepare for something that seems to be more tangible, like a degree or like a beautiful presentation. No, 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 no. that's not going to do it. And you'll see if you meet all these successful entrepreneurs, they all have that not fear of rejection, that determination, that relentlessness, and that dream and belief in their vision. And that's contagious. That's contagious because you want to be part of that, right? That when somebody comes to you with a dream and their determination and a vision of what they want to do, I mean, don't misunderstand me. You also have to have the right team, the right product, proof to profitability, the unit economics work, the scalability. You have to have all those other things, but you can have all those things and not the person who's driving it and you won't get the funding. It is a combination of two things. It's interesting because for me, this is an interview that is very, very special. I have never had someone <laughs> who comes to the point so quickly like you do. It was always oh. more difficult to get these kind of messages out of a talk. And it's really impressive because I can feel, and I'm sure that the audience, even if they can't see you like I do now, they can feel that you really mean that and you truly live it at percent. And this is very rare. I haven't seen that very often. Thank you. Now, you know how I raised a hundred million, but uh, honestly, it's genuine and investors feel the genuineness of your heart. You've got to believe in your vision as an entrepreneur and you've got to sell that because when you're raising money, you're raising money, you're selling your vision to someone who's going to give you money. So you've got to sell it. You've got to believe in it. It has to come across as genuine. You can't go in there because you don't want to have a nine to five job and you figured, what the hell, let me see. You got to go in there because hell or high water, you're going to make this dream a reality. And that's authentic. That's, that's, that's coming from inside. And you can feel that, right? Investors can feel that. They can see it. Yeah, it's even happening on any smaller level as well. If you're an employee and you want a pay rise or you want to have just an extra mm. role, even on that smaller level, it's the same thing, basically. Oh, for sure. If you go in with the fear of being rejected because you ask for that pay rise or you, because you ask for that other role, then <laughs> it's a completely different story than if you go in with the same conviction as you have or had for your business. I know that not all of the people here in this audience want to be entrepreneurs, but some want to. And mm. maybe people wonder, how did you come up with your business idea? The best ideas are usually pain points that someone's experienced. And then they realize that they can do it better. So the interesting thing is in my first company in San Francisco, I was doing marketing where I was selling people in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, and I was doing marketing there and they orders were coming in and I was mailing the packages to the people who were buying it. And I realized that the packages kept coming back saying that we can't deliver it. We can't find the address. And then I was like, what do you mean you can't find the address? I just put the address on the box. 
And then what I came to realize is that in half the world, there are no formal addresses, which shocked me because coming from more developed countries, you know, you have a mailman, you put the address on the envelope and it delivers to your door. Well, half the world's population has no addresses. So how does the package get delivered? There's usually a phone number and you call the person and then they pick up the phone and then you give them landmarks to deliver the package. And that shocks people in more developed countries because they're like, what? Every time I got a package, I got to get on the phone with someone and give them directions to my home. Well, the answer is yes. And that's why I developed Fetcher is because I realized that there was a problem. Not just the Middle East has no addresses, but half the world. That includes Brazil, that includes parts of China, that includes Pakistan, Africa. So I, I thought to myself, wait a minute, there's got to be a solution. And those are really the best companies is where you've experienced a pain point and you've you come to the conclusion that you can do it better. What are you enjoying most in your role? Right now, probably being a mentor, helping other female founders. And I have met some extraordinary women. I am so proud. I mean, I've met some women who are in their early 20s, early 30s, and these women are just rock stars. I may or may not have believed in their ideas, but boy, did I believe in them. And I know that even if the idea is not great, I know that they're going to figure out how to make it work because they're just, they're entrepreneurs. And I did not have that kind of confidence at 27, at 25. And seeing these women who are young, I, I so impressed, not all of them, but wow, am I impressed. I wish I knew now what I could know then. And I tell your audience, please don't wait. I mean, I got there in my 40s. Please don't wait till you're 40 to do this. You can do this in your 20s. It took me all those years to learn this. You don't have to. You can be that incredible in your 20s. You can be that self-assured, that determined, that confident in your 20s, right? Don't wait. You know, that's probably my biggest advice. I think it's an important one. It goes exactly against what many others do, which is, means learning more and more and more, making more and more qualifications, gaining all this knowledge before they start taking action. You call it a learning junkie. Just think you need another qualification and another piece of knowledge and another thing before you really go for the big leap and start oh. something that is daring. No, no. Unless you're in an industry where you're doing something in biomed where you actually need the degree because it's medicine, right? It's chemistry. Like, so if you're doing something like that, I understand where it's technical and you need the knowledge. But honestly, even with that, you can always hire people, but they can't hire you. You can always hire a CFO, a, a chief this, a chief that, but an entrepreneur is something you can't hire the CEO, the founder of the company, the person who's dreaming it, the one who's willing to do whatever they can to make it a reality, that you can't hire and you can't train. Everybody else you can hire. My advice to these women is that you don't need a PhD. Hell, you don't even need a college degree. You just need to have an idea and a conviction. Yep. Hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. It's a very, very strong message. <laughs> and you have said it all. It's exactly that. It's a decision that we can make for ourselves. We just make that decision and things change. Yeah. Life is about choices. If you're used to thinking negatively all the time and I can't, you have to literally train yourself. It's like exercise, right? Are you going to get a six pack overnight? No, you have to develop it every day. You have to do a little bit of sit-ups until you get to a six pack. Everything is about effort, right? It's not like, I mean, you have to train. If you're somebody who has that train of thought, then you have to train yourself and you have to work on that every day. How long yeah. did it take you to get there? Probably a year of depression, self-loathing, doubt, crying, didn't leave my room, couldn't do it, can't. I mean, I hit real rock bottom. I'd probably say about a year of real painful soul searching. A year. A year. I'd say it took me a year of rock bottom, of being at the bottom. And I literally was sick of myself. I literally woke up, looked in the mirror, and I'm like, you want to live and prosper or, or do you want to die? The choice is yours. Right? And I realized that my life is in my hands. Nobody's going to care about you more than you. You know, you can't point a finger and be like, this didn't make me happy. My child didn't make me happy. My husband, my job. No, no, no. Nobody has that power over you. You have power over yourself and it's in here. It's in your brain. Change your thoughts, change your reality, change your life. For most, it's about stepping out of a comfort zone, which seems to be mm. safe. Whereas you hit this really difficult phase where it was like you say, die or live. And you had this 180 degrees change that happened at that very moment. And I think for many people, if they live in a more comfortable situation, there's not this kick which you get. You feel like, well, I'm kind of comfortable. There's certain things that are not like I want them to be, but yeah. And so life goes on and on. And this step is never made. This very radical change is never made. Comfort is a terrible place to be because nothing grows in comfort. It means you're stagnant. Actually being uncomfortable is amazing. I love being uncomfortable. To me, it's, it's, you want to be uncomfortable. How do you grow? Right? So to me, I look at it like I did something I didn't do before. Like I've never been on vacation by myself. Right? I always go with groups of people. And that feeling of traveling to a foreign country by myself, I was just like, I don't know if I can do it. It's like, no, 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 no. I did it for the first time. I was uncomfortable. And I landed and I did everything on my own. And, and when I finished that trip, felt like a million bucks. I was like, I went by myself. I did it. So the uncomfortableness turned out to be one of the best vacations I've ever had in my life. So, you know, I love discomfort. Nothing grows in comfort. Discomfort is about me continually, continually challenging myself to be uncomfortable to grow. And again, that's mind over matter. Oh, I'm going to get mugged. I'm going to lose my luggage. I'm going to have a miserable time. I'm going to be lonely. Look at all the negative thoughts, right? I changed my thoughts into great. I can get up whenever I want. I can eat breakfast whenever I want. I can go see the museums that I want. I don't have to argue where I want to eat. 
I changed it into a positive. So that's my thing is that you've got to change your thoughts. So that's the magic. So I hope your audience can hear that. And I hope that they can listen and hear me because I'm somebody who's absolutely nobody special. And I accomplished all my dreams and then some, and I'm literally nobody special. So if I can do it, anyone can do it. And that's the message today. Do you want to get free access to my ebook Top 10 Achievers Lessons? To get your free ebook, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Then send me a screenshot of your review to my email address, contact at ulrikaseminati.com, and I will send you your ebook straight away. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I am excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.